The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast dedicated to fashion, the art of living well, and all things beauty. I'm your host, Dr. Shirley Madare, your purveyor of this definitive source of living a beautiful life. Today's episode is dedicated to ambition, and we have with us today Ms. Delia Folk. Today's topic is the naked truth, an insider's view of the fashion industry. Welcome to my interview with Delia Folk. Thank you, Delia, for being here. Thank you for having me. Delia Folk is from Alabama, but has quickly mastered the ways of the big city. (laughs) She started her career in the fashion industry by interning at Versace Men's, and she graduated from William & Mary, after which she worked at Barney's for four years in New York, and she was on the buying team in cosmetics, ready to wear, and jewelry. She is not only a career boss but she's also a lover of humanity and of the arts, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. Delia is a young fellow at the Morgan Library, on the Young Collectors Council Acquisitions Committee at the Guggenheim, a friend of the Costume Institute at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and I'll be asking her how I can get my tickets to the Met Gala later, (laughs) a philanthropic young thing at the Robin Hood Foundation, a member of the Wing Six Degrees Society, and the PR Net and Soho House, where she does her socializing. On top of all that, Delia is currently the co-founder with her mother of The Style That Binds Us. It's a next-generation women's media company and community exploring the cross-section of style and culture, and we'll talk more about that later. So the brand encompasses... The, brand, the style that binds us encompasses a YouTube channel, a podcast, a blog, and VIP shopping experiences. It sounds all very exciting. And it has a mission to support women by taking the stress out of getting dressed or finding their own style. The style that binds us has received press in WWD, Thrive by Design, GQ, Portico, among other notable outlets. Welcome, Delia! Thank you for having me! <laughs> Thank you for being here on this rainy day in New York City. But let's get started. I'm excited. Delia, you are from Alabama, yes? Yes. <laughs> Describe your journey from there to here. Well, I grew up in Alabama. I was born in Memphis. So okay. my dad's family lives in Memphis, Tennessee, yes. and my mom's family lives in Alabama. And so I first went to the University of Alabama. Either when you're growing up in high school, you pretty <laughs> much go to Alabama or Auburn. Those are your choices. Alabama's roll tide, right? Exactly. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so I did that. I did the sorority thing. And I got there and I had the best time. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> 
But I also wanted to, I felt like college was a time to expand your horizons mm-hmm. and meet new people and think about, learn to think about the world in different ways. Yes. And I was an hour away from home. And when it was home games or away games, yeah. we would all go home. And I yes. was just like, okay, maybe maybe I'm going to transfer. So okay. I transferred to William & Mary. Got it. And it was time to choose a major. So sophomore spring and I'm trying to figure out what is going to be the rest of my life. And so I was thinking about psychology or nutrition because those are both interests of mine. I think it's interesting how people think. And then I love eating healthy and wellness and working out, but I didn't necessarily want that as a career path. So somehow I figured out, oh, what about fashion in New York City? And I had a contact here. I mean, literally just like that. What about fashion in New York City? Because you loved fashion. Was that part of it? Yes. And I'm trying to figure, I don't know exactly the chain of events, but my aunt's college roommate's husband, (laughs) that's a a hard thing to think through. But anyway, so he he worked at Versace. So then they're like, oh, well, maybe why don't y'all go to New York and meet with him and talk about how do you get into fashion? What is it like when you're in the industry? Yes. And should you have an internship? Like, what are all the different things? Because I truly knew nothing. So okay. did that. Yes. Mom came with me. Yes. Which, it, in hindsight, maybe she shouldn't have attended the <laughs> meeting yeah. with me. Yes. But we were just, you know, so yeah. excited. Here yes. we are in New York. We weren't even thinking of it necessarily as like a business meeting yes. interview. Yes. And then, so I went back to school. I was trying to figure out my major, and I decided I'm going to apply for the business school. You have to apply. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to major in business. Right. And I had to take all these prerequisites classes. It was a whole thing. So I ended up majoring in business and marketing because William & Mary did not have anything to do with fashion. But I, (laughs) yes, so sophomore spring break is when I decided I'm moving to New York and I'm going to work in fashion. Yes. So with the internship situation, he said, in order to have an internship, this is what you can do. I want you to apply to at least 20 or 30 different places. I'm wow. not going to give you an internship. So I go back, and he and I had just recently learned about LinkedIn. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on LinkedIn, like, putting together my target list of companies where I want to intern. Yes. And so I would call, like, Google, you know, Prada headquarters. So I would call and say... Cold call, just like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Love and I it. would say, oh, my name's Delia Folk, and I would can you give me the name or the email of the person who is in charge of internships? Sometimes they would hang up. Sometimes (laughs) they would give me the email. I mean, there's just no telling what would, different scenarios every time. And then lots of LinkedIn connecting and then sending a message and then saying, oh, can we have a call or coffee? So pretty much after that, on breaks, I was coming up here to try and network. So I ended up applying to at least 30 different companies for internship, got four of them, and from there decided to intern at Versace because I thought working in the showroom in wholesale was the most interesting. So getting to learn the inspiration behind Donatella, Versace, (laughs) and and translate that into sales. Right. And so that's what I did, and it was an incredible summer. I truly, like, didn't even know what CC on an email meant. (laughs) Like, I'm learning all the basics here. And, And then... Networked all of senior year. So by the time it was time for me to move here, which was horrible because at William & Mary, a lot of people are in consulting or finance or whatever. So they all had jobs already fall of college. And every single party all year long, when they would say, oh, you know, what are you doing next year? And all my friends would say, 
what they're doing, you know, right. oh, I have an offer from so-and-so. Yes. One girl, one of my best friends even had two jobs lined up. Wow. They, they were going to defer. Yes. And and I all I could say was, I'm going to move to New York, work in fashion. It's yeah. going to be fabulous. I have no <laughs> idea what this looks like. <laughs> we're, for you. we're unsure if this is 100% going to happen. It. Yes. But that's what's the situation. So when I, by the time I moved here, I had been networking for a year and a half. And in college, wow. people would joke like, oh, Delia's on another networking call. Senior. <laughs> year and so I got my wisdom teeth out literally that day for some reason I emailed yes. all my contacts and said hey I'm moving to the city if there's an opening at your company yes. or a friend's company yes let me know you I love hustling hustling yeah so I was planning to move in like two weeks and people started coming back and they were saying oh great can you come in for an interview so I'm oh, like wow. okay we're booking the flight yes. <laughs> I'm moving to the city now yes and and within two weeks I had my job at Barney's and a new apartment a new oh, wow. roommate and my life started in wow. the city and that's five years ago oh my gosh so it's been five years, pretty much of a whirlwind how you got here. Now that you've been here five years, what do you love about New York City? Oh, my, literally everything. <laughs> I fall in love with the city more and more every day. Good for you. One of my good friends from college, she said that in the beginning. I think she was single. I wasn't. But she was like, you know what? I'm, I don't have a boyfriend right now, but I'm just going to date the city. And wow. that's kind of how I I've that. thought about it yeah. since then, whether yeah. I have a boyfriend or not. And so I... One of the things, and we'll talk about it, is Mom and I went to Fashion Month. Okay. So we went to London Milan and Paris Fashion Week, and yep. I, without even really being cognizant of thinking about the vibes in the different cities. Oh yes. I left the day that I left Barney's, and we went to all of three of those cities, and right. then I came back, and I was just kind of feeling like, oh, you know, now I can do the entrepreneur thing. Like yeah. I'm ready to hustle and go. Yes. I love those three other cities, yes. but I don't necessarily feel like that get up and go that everyone's super driven and determined yeah. and just running around like crazy. So yes. the things that I love about the city are the energy. There's endless activities. Yes, true. And I am all about the activity. <laughs> so <laughs> when I was growing up, I would always be saying, okay, so what are we, you know, what are what we, we doing, doing today? What's the schedule? <laughs> like, are we just going to sit here always in the house? Always have to be busy. Right? <laughs> yes, exactly. And also the fact that there's every single industry, any interest you yeah. could possibly it's have. It's here. Yeah. It's so to true. grow up here is insane. I mean, you could take a class, like, oh, I'm in interested in Watch cooking. Me Let me, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. all the different, the diversity and all yeah. the different people, which yeah. I didn't necessarily grow up with. Right. So I love, love being surrounded by that. So there's so, there's too many things to name. That's fantastic. I, I too love the city, but sometimes I say I have a love-hate relationship with it because in a way it is like, you know, a lover or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whoever. Um, you, you love the city. There's so many things about it, but then other times, at least for me, you feel like it's choking you. You have to yeah. get out. Sure. <laughs> it's nice to go away sometimes. It's, it's really nice to go away yes. sometimes. And then you come back. It's just like a, a relationship. Yes, that's like you a relationship. And you're happy exactly. to be <laughs> Right. I need some space. You're back. Oh, I really do. Yeah, I love yeah. you. So you mentioned that you worked at Barney's for four years, and that historic fashion institution is unfortunately no longer with us. So what did your experience there teach you, and do you think the Barney's type of retail model is sustainable? Will another Barney's type of um, fashion institution come back in the future, or will it just be different? I know. Oh, 
Oh my goodness, I'm I so know. sad. Okay, I it learned so many things. I am beyond grateful yes. to have gotten to work at such an incredible institution. Yeah, you're part of their history. Right? And so for me, a lot of times I'm micro and macro. So yeah. micro, you're in it the day-to-day. It's very intense. Yes. And so you can be thinking about it that way, or you can kind of take this step back and have this worldview and be thinking about all of the designers that they introduced mm. to everyone yeah. and and how they made all these different people's careers yes. and that they took the risk on emerging designers Absolutely. and the way that they presented the clothes and everything in this yeah. creative way. One yes. of my favorite things about Barney's is the space. Yes. It wasn't crammed. It wasn't jam-packed. Yes. It drives me insane to walk on a floor and have so So many many brands at once. So many people are talking. It's too much. Too much. I was... I always felt like home. Like if if mom and I were doing like competitive shopping or yes. even myself just going around, like I would go to Saks and Bloomingdale's and Bergdorf's and look at, at, at the floor and yeah. see regardless if I was in beauty ready to wear or jewelry at right. that time. And then I would go back to Barney's and it was just kind of like, oh, like my shoulders would go down yeah. and <laughs> everyone knew me there yeah. and the I knew everyone. The clothes could breathe, you could breathe, there was space. Yes, so I... And people actually didn't, weren't really that enthusiastic about coming to help you. You had to right. look for help. Yes, yes. <laughs> so so it depends on what type of person you are if, you, if that's the way you like to shop right. or not. Yeah. So... I mean, I learned everything about... I'm so glad that I worked in corporate before starting a company. I yeah. There are a lot of people that just launch companies or maybe they just have an Instagram account and their blog yeah. takes off and they've yeah. never actually worked in an office. And and mom is, is like that because she was a teacher and then she was a homemaker. And so it's nice that I come from a corporate yeah. background so yeah. I understand how meetings work and emails yeah. and, and how to to word an email right. and, and etiquette and right. politics and oh, yeah, the politics. so many different things. I'm yeah. so glad I, I got to meet the most incredible people and mm-hmm. be inspired. And it was such a small company. So yes. you really partnered with your brands. Yes. And I, I tend to over-communicate instead <laughs> of like just not speak to the vendor. So one right. of my vendors said, oh, my husband and I are like, Delia daily. Like, what is Delia <laughs> saying to, to you today? That's like, what great. task are you yes. supposed to be doing that you haven't done yet or whatever? So I learned so many invaluable things. Yes. And just to be surrounded by people who have been at the company yeah. for so long. There were some people who have been there through the many iterations that Barney's had. Right. And so they would talk about, you know, Barney's in the glory days I or know. back then and yeah. everything. So I am thrilled that I got to be a part of it. I am completely depressed and <laughs> I will never get over what has happened. Oh and my goodness. Shocked and everything. Can it exist again? So mom and I have talked about this. I feel like these days it's it's really hard to take that risk, yeah. to really invest in these emerging brands. Yeah. And I feel like both on the retailer side and on the brand side, cash flow for businesses in general is mm. always a huge issue. Course, so yeah. if the retailer is having cash flow issues, they're not paying the brand, then right. the brand may go out of business or they have to take loans and right. and all of that. Or maybe the brand goes out of business and then the retailer is out a lot of money. So you do have to have that balance of the tried and true brands and mm. then the emerging brands. I, I don't think it can be two emerging brands yes. because 
It just is too hard. They're yeah. too small. It's cost they're prohibitive. So, yes, there's so many limitations that they right. have. Yeah. And it's also hard to get people to spend a lot of money on brands they've never heard of. It's true. Especially if that story isn't being told. Yeah. And so people at the end of the day, sometimes yeah. it's about the label and yeah. the reputation. And the and, experience. And, and they trust it and everything. Yeah, you have to so, trust it, yeah. So can a retailer like that exist again? I, I don't know. I, mean, I don't maybe, know either. Maybe I mean, Bergdorf's is still there. Saks is still there on a different level. Macy's right. is still there. So who knows? And I know throughout the country there are lots of other sort of big retailers like yeah. that that are still in existence and actually doing well. So we, right. we'll just have to see. Yeah. Now, speaking, you, you had the ability to or the privilege of having both the corporate or the business and the creative, and you had that experience. So how did the idea for the style that binds us come to be, and how, how did it come to fruition? Yes. <laughs> Mom and I each had our own blogs. Yes. So when I was at Barney's, and I would tell people, or mom, any family member would tell people, oh, Delia's working at Barney's. Yes. Then, of course, the first thing they say is, oh, oh. my niece's friend or yeah. like some distant relative or whatever <laughs> wants to work in fashion. Can she talk to Delia? Oh, wow. And I am happy to talk to people, but right. I didn't want them to think, oh, fashion, that's a fun career. Yeah. I'll do that. So I needed a chemistry 101 weeding <laughs> out class. I got it. So that they could understand. That it's tough. How I got into the industry. It was a year and a half plus of work. Like yeah. the the very end, the yes. two weeks between yes. when moving here and getting the job That was a, a year plus Barney's. in the making. Exactly. Yeah. That did not happen. That cannot happen right. overnight. Maybe no. unless you have a last name. And right. all, all is required <laughs> is a phone call. Right. <laughs> but maybe that's rare these days. Yes. Unclear. Yeah. So so I was talking about how I got into the industry. What is it like when you're in it, like life as an assistant? Just yeah. kind of basically I wanted to be super raw and real. Right. I was and gritty in, about how the grittiness of the industry. Yeah, right. Yeah. I didn't want to give the PR answers. I'm what you see is what you get with yeah. me. So I just wanted to be super direct. So whether you want to work in fashion or maybe you're just interested in what is it like working at Barney's. Yes. And also I would do posts about like what does it mean to be a buyer mm -hmm. or what does the fashion calendar really look like? Like what is pre-fall? People yeah. would just find that interesting. And then also I felt like all of these incredible emerging brands that were my vendors or I was learning about, yes. I felt like the rest of the country, the world, it was going to take five plus years, who knows, until it became mainstream. Yeah. But I had a relationship with them so I could interview them and now my audience can learn about new brands right. so they can be a that friend was, yeah. who is in the know. So that was me. Mom was getting, she is a wardrobe stylist. She works with women in their closets and so women were asking her the same questions. Over she also had a lot of questions herself okay. about aging and, yes. and all of that. So she said, I have these questions. I'm going to figure it out yeah. and I'm going to share this information Good and knowledge. So then when people would see us together because she loves coming to the city, yes. so she would come up here and we would go to conferences or events or whatever and we would say, you know, oh, I have a blog and she would say the same thing and there would say, well, why y'all have a great dynamic and relationship? Yes. Why are you not doing this together? And so finally, she didn't want to do like the mommy and me think she was yes. hesitant at first <laughs> yes. and so finally we convinced her and we launched a youtube channel and podcast yes. in april 2018 wow and that's when the style that binds us was born congratulations thank you that is interesting what are the benefits <laughs> of working with your mother and if there are any what are the frictions of working with your mother so the 
two frictions. One of them <laughs> is technology. Yeah. And that is only because she didn't grow up with it. So it's okay. not inherent. Okay. But so it's for teachable me, and learnable. Sure. Yeah. For me, when I open a computer or when I'm on a, an iPhone, yes. I just kind of know what to do or yes. I click enough buttons and yes. then I figure it out. Right. Whereas that generation, 50 plus, they like try and then they stop like I can't do this instead of continuing mm. to try or maybe they try so long and they really just can't figure it out so it's so a your huge, mom had it she was just not yes, into it huge frustration for her and I feel terrible but we're trying yes. and and then the other friction I guess would be that she lives in Alabama yes. so sometimes so distance. she'll miss an event or or who knows we I don't feel like we've lost out on opportunities right. because she can always hop on a plane of but course. and we just communicate via text email phone calls yes. you know all day every so day now she's totally up to date with technology yes hopefully <laughs> and we're we're getting there <laughs> yeah. so and then of course there are so many positives yes. we are very close and so she's my number one fan so that's Great. huge and it's interesting because we each had our own blog so we worked separately before yes and so when we would have an issue we could talk about it and right. I could ask her her opinion but she wasn't in the business right so it was a very different dynamic a different perspective right yeah. then now we're in it together and yes. we can say oh did you see this email right let's talk about this that's great and we're both vested equally yes. in in that answer right. and it very different than corporate I mean even with traveling like I get migraines I've gotten them my entire life and so if I'm ill yeah. and we're in London yeah. she takes care she of takes it you know you have right. your yeah. mom she's your business partner so that's wonderful there's a lot of obviously enormous amounts of trust there yes, it would never course. be a situation where I we, right. You know, there, there are horror stories with oh, yes. co-founders and yes, everything. And are. relationships going wrong like yeah. that is impossible. That couldn't yeah. happen. Yeah. So there's so many positives. I feel like she brings a lot to the table in terms of, of creativity and a different yes. perspective and a different yep. age. Mm -hmm. And then me coming from corporate. Yep. So we kind of meet it in the middle well. a lot of times, which is nice. That she, is beautiful. She you helps have that opportunity. Bring me down to earth <laughs> and get me out of like the one yeah. percent luxury land. And she keeps it real for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now you describe the style that binds us as a community quote at the cross section of style and culture that aims to support women. So explain what you mean by that. Oh my goodness. So <laughs> we one of the other things with the fashion industry, and also this includes art. So we yes. are obsessed with art yes. and eating, and that's why it's lifestyle because we're humans. We do things, yes. and and we want to tell people about it. Right. So style for us, it's what you do on the weekends. So going to a museum, going to a restaurant, all of those, what do you wear to those things? And so with fashion and art, since it's kind of this exclusive, you can't sit with us mentality, mm. that not all of it is like that, but right. that is definitely in the past and maybe still in the present what it's like. And so we hopefully seem approachable so you could see yourself in us. Mm. So then maybe you could see yourself doing something doing that in something, the past right. you thought would be intimidating or, oh, I can't be a part of this. They can do it because that's right. their lifestyle, right. but I don't even know where to begin. Yes. So for example, when we, we did an interview at an art gallery, and we were asking the gallerists questions that everyone would want to ask, yes. but maybe you're too afraid to. Right. And our videographer said, oh, I feel like I thought I had to take a course in art history before oh. even coming in here. Oh, that's and interesting. so, right? Yeah. 
So if you're not in that world, you just don't know. You just don't have the tools. So you're you're leveling the playing field, and you're sort of um, providing easier access for people who thought, well, I can't walk into an art gallery, right. or they don't know anything about art, or that particular artist, so why would they? Exactly, yeah. So we wanted to pull back the curtain. We have the information, the access, and bring our audience along with us. And we also want to be that safe place to yep. ask questions. It's a judgment-free zone where you don't have to be afraid to come to mom or me and yep. say, okay, I've been seeing this bag everywhere. <laughs> what is, is it? it worth it? <laughs> right. Is it worth it? And then we'll tell you, and then you can decide if you want to partake in that or not. Right. And so recently we came up with the sentence, I think you're going to love this. Okay. I'm getting ready to write. The style that binds us is yes. a lifestyle brand and community for women who want to live a stylish and fearless life. Oh, <laughs> stylish and fearless. I love right? fearless. That's that's fierce. I know. Voila. Uh, yeah. I love it. Keep it. It's yeah. a keeper. That's fantastic. So you obviously have tremendous experience in the fashion industry on corporate, creative side, interviewing um, emerging brands. Let me ask it this way. What are, I'm going to ask you for three secrets of the fashion industry. You said pulling back the curtain. So name three secrets that you think all consumers should know about fashion, whether they're buying something or they're just looking at fashion. Give me three secrets, three tips. Three tips. So yeah. I think one of the things, and we're going to talk about this later, I know, is that we definitely want quality over quantity. Right. So we don't want you to buy a bunch of things and to have a bunch of things, but we really want you to to invest in pieces and and then you can add in the fun things and I feel like trendy things, yes. maybe that's not necessarily that you should go to fast fashion, but <laughs> wherever it is that's yes. the lower price point because it's going to be a flash in the pan yeah. and if you want to partake in that, it's probably better to do that versus spending a thousand plus dollars yeah. on a choker, right. a velvet choker that yeah. then literally the next season is it's not gone. Yeah. Right. Like if you're still yeah. wearing whatever blank is, then then you're totally out. So, okay, wait. So to segue, you do believe in investment pieces. You mentioned, you know, spending a certain amount on something that you absolutely love, but it is pricey. So you do believe in investment pieces. I do too. 100%. Okay. Oh my gosh. I mean, I, I don't shop. I just stopped shopping fast fashion. I did growing up. Yeah. And like once when I was at Barney's, yes. mom and I did a Zara trip. Yeah. But I love Zara. it doesn't have a resale value. <laughs> yeah. I understand that some people's budgets do not allow. And that is right. 100% totally fine and reasonable. Yes. And my closet is the way that it is because I had a discount at Barney's yes, and I worked right. there that's and I right. would shop the yeah, sale. And those discounts and are so helpful. Everything, I know, and yeah. consignment. So I've really yes. tried to build my wardrobe thoughtfully. Yes. Of course I do. It, fashion is emotional. Yeah. You fall in love with a piece and yes. whether it, it makes sense or not, yes. sometimes you just have to have it. Yes. But sometimes those pieces that you kind of go out on a limb and get the pink shoe instead of right. the classic black, right. those are the ones that you truly wear over and over. That's true. So, so yes, I, tr I think investing in the best possible because what it is is the most simple is yeah. the most complicated. Yeah. To get it perfect, mm. the perfect white tee, the perfect black pant, yeah. if it's something that's cheap and it, it's just been made very quickly, 
it's going to look so much better yes. if you have that investment piece. And then you can because add it was in. so emotional for you. So when you're wearing it, you probably feel yeah. like, oh, this is like home. <laughs> right? It's like a cocoon. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm making up excuses for buying investment pieces. But okay. Yes, I, I digress. So your second um, secret, fashion industry secret or tip. You said the first one was try to prefer quality over quantity. And what would your second uh, sort of industry secret be that you feel that all consumers should know? I'm trying to fit, answer this question correctly because... Well, there's no, there's no correction. It's like, whatever you'd like. I'm just trying to think. Like, what, what would be a fashion secret? Um, for example, markups. I'm always interested in markups. It's like, oh, okay, well, this shirt looks like it's really only worth $30, but it's $360. So clearly there's a markup, right? So I think uh, consumers know and have to know that there's always going to be a markup when you're buying, when you're not making it. Yeah. <laughs> right? There always is a mark, and that markup will vary, and it could vary from as little as 50% all the way to 350%, right. depending on the retailer. So, um, and then even when there's a sale, so that's one, A, that, right? There's always a markup. And then regarding the markup, even when there's a sale, there's still a markup. Would you agree with that? Or demystify maybe my misconception? Yeah. So, right? So I think people, consumers, have to understand that it is a business and it is providing, you know, a, a consumer good and that you have to understand that because of that, there's going to be a markup and whatever you think it is worth, it will cost much more than you think it's worth. Yeah. <laughs> it just is what it is. Whether it's at Zara, fast fashion, whether it's at Bergdorf's or the former Barney's, wherever, there right. is going to be a margin, mm -hmm. right, about which the people who run that store, own that store need to have in place so yeah. that they can stay in business. I know. you. Well, you have to have a markup because people have to make money in order yeah. to have a business. Of course. It's not necessarily a bad thing. You choose, right. you pick your poison, right? Yeah. So so baked into that is marketing, paying the employees, overhead, cost of goods. Running a business. Running a business, exactly. And, and then, of course, if you're going to sell it to a retailer, that's where the markup comes in. So that's why direct-to-consumer happened because yeah. they just cut that out and yeah. they could basically just sell it to the wholesale price that in the past they would sell to the retailers, but now they're selling that wholesale price to the customer. It's yeah. the exact same product, but then the cons of that are all the market. I mean, how do you find the people? Yeah. with When you're in wholesale, that's right. their stamp of approval, and they right. already have customers walking through the door, so you right. can bank on their, their foot traffic. So yes, of course, there's going to be a markup from what it actually cost to then what the retailer is going to buy it for, but then they have to make money, so right. they mark it up again. But r designers, the brand, yeah. it yeah. needs to have a universal pricing. Right, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, so it has, <laughs> right? Yeah. It has to be the same thing. The, yeah. I think the other secret is that what it seems versus what it is. Right. Of course. <laughs> so maybe it's like, an illusion. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the glamour <laughs> of it all that working in fashion seems extremely glamorous and it yes. can be. And you think, especially depending on the person their personality and yes. how they're speaking about their business. Yes. But if you actually went to their office, yeah. 
and and saw what it was like yes. and, and what their company actually yes. is versus when you see the beautiful pictures and the models and the runway show, you think that it's some huge company when it's yeah. really just like two people somehow yeah. Yeah. running so this whole super thing. creative. Yeah. So I, maybe that's another secret yeah. is reality versus perception. Right. So speaking of illusions, let's talk about art. Now, you mentioned that you love art. And you've described fashion as art and vice versa, art as fashion. So where either now are you seeing it? Is it starting to happen? Is it an emerging trend? Or where do you see in the future that fashion and art will merge even more and, and not just um, designers necessarily using, you know, a print of a, of a Matisse or a Monet and sort of printing that right. onto a dress or skirt. Do you see fashion and art merging more than they are currently? Yeah, no. I mean, I think that fashion and art have always been aligned and always will. I think creatives are inspired by other creatives mm-hmm. and designers walk around and they get inspiration from the streets or maybe going to a museum and, and it's the same thing. I think that I, it's really interesting with designers and also artists is how they basically have the ability to take their thoughts, feelings, what's happening in culture, past, present, and future, yeah. and create, articulate that and create a piece yes. that is just kind of like the zeitgeist yeah. of today. So yeah, it's pretty fascinating. It's so fascinating it's to really look impressive. at fashion throughout history because it yes. really tells you what was happening with yes. the times. Yes. And so I think what's happening with fashion is that people are viewing it more as art. So it always was art, but I think people are hopefully seeing it as less frivolous and more yeah. for its craft, yep. that these people are actually making these yes. pieces and, and we don't want to lose that. And so... One example is at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, Mm -hmm. some of their highest trafficked exhibit throughout time and many of them in the top 10 are the fashion exhibits from the Costume Institute. So people are very interested in that and whether it's conscious or not you have to get dressed every day and you're deciding how you want to present yourself to the world. And so fashion is a huge, huge thing. And And it's a part of everybody's life. Right. Whether conscious or not. Yeah. We've had many discussions with a number of guests on this podcast about fashion and how whether it's armor or it's expression, um, it's, it's self-care, it's self-love. So it's, it's really big. It really is big. And with regard to um, fashion as art, I too see uh, fashion as art. There are some pieces, whether even fast fashion, but I assure you there are some couture pieces, speaking of, of investment pieces, that mm. are just so deeply emotional. I mean, the beauty of whether it's the ruffles or the... Oh my gosh, it's beyond. Oh my gosh, it's beyond, beyond, beyond. It is, and I look, I'm obsessed with shoes. (laughs) Somehow, I just have this obsession. And I mean, I just, I truly think of them as art objects. Like, the things that I have are very thoughtfully purchased, and I just think of them as, they're so beautiful. And when someone compliments me, and they say, oh, I love your shoe, my response is usually, oh! Right? Like, isn't it so incredible? And it's not because I'm bragging. It's right. just because we're both reveling yeah. yes. in, in and its the art beauty. Of it. Right? So, so true. Yeah. Now, on a different note, we all love fashion, and fashion is beautiful, and it's emotional. But on the flip side, fashion is emotional. And with regard to sustainability and labor practices, 
I mean, the conversations, the discussions are ongoing, but how do you feel that fashion can make the world a better place, a more beautiful place? I know. It's oh, a lot. It, it is. Yeah, it's a it's, lot. Fashion can make a more beautiful place because I feel like it gives you the confidence. So each day, you mentioned armor. So, and this is how mom works with her clients. Each day when you put on your outfit and if you have, you feel confident in that, you feel like you can take on the world. And and even if it's beauty, even if it's a very small thing like, red lipstick yes. or or whatever it may be it can really brighten someone's day and what you have a quote beauty will save the world absolutely it's not my quote but i love that quote yeah it's dostoyevsky's quote and i i I think it means so much but yes right so i think fashion can make the world a more beautiful place because especially if you're wearing something you you know who the person is that made it like you know the designer and and if you understand how it was made and and everything that went in into it and you wear that out into the world and it arms you with the confidence and the power and the tools and the joy and happiness so that then you can treat other people with kindness and respect and all of that because you feel happy and and good about your purchases. I I love what you said about that. So through your choice of clothing and makeup, beauty, whatever, you are actually making a conscious decision to affect other people in a positive way, hopefully. I like that. I really do. Thank you. Of course. That's that's quotable. (laughs) (laughs) You have met and interviewed many designers, many of them emerging. Across the board, what attributes would you say that these designers have in common? Mm -hmm. So, yes, they're creative. Yes, they're artists. Yes, they're designers. But what is it about these new emerging artists that that they feel so compelled to put their story out there? Right. Well, I feel like all of them feel that the pieces that they're making need to exist in the world. Hopefully, they're thinking that. (laughs) Or else, why would they be making it? So... I think that being a designer, it can yeah. be lonely. Yeah. And it there are so many challenges and so many questions. Yes. And I feel that <clears throat> the designers that feel community over competition, which is how the style that mm. binds us feels, and that there are enough customers for both of you. So don't keep everything to yourself, your your factories and your pattern makers and, and all of your resources. Yes. But if you... If you say, oh, you want to start a podcast? I have a podcast. So let me tell you how I did that. Instead of saying, oh, my God, now she wants to start a podcast. But I have a podcast, and now this is competition. The more that you share, it's... It's going to to make the world a better place. I believe that, and across industries, across industries, sure. So, so I feel like the designers that are able to think in that way and actually be friends with other designers, I think that that's the common thing is yeah. that they're in it together they're going through the same challenges no matter what stage they are in their yes. business someone is either further or right where you are or behind but it's the one hopefully the ones that are collaborative are it's going to really really behoove them so they're in it to win it together hashtag together oh yeah one can <laughs> hope what are the two i know you have many but give me two of your most essential pieces in your closet. Oh, two. Okay. <laughs> just two, Delia. <laughs> With the brands or just the name of the piece? Uh, just the type of item it is. Okay. Leather jacket and black pump. Okay. You were prepared for that one. Leather jacket and black pump. Why? 
Why? Oh, my God. Because I'm obsessed with pumps. I wish I had them in every color. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> when I love something, I yeah. like want it in every color, every which color, is yeah. horrifying because that's not the best practice. But, um, but it makes you happy. Yes, because I feel that pumps, when I put them on, super powerful yeah. and all of the things that I want to evoke. And yes. I love them. You can truly, we did a YouTube video about yes. this of... You can take it from jeans to cocktail, desk to True. dinner, and it is just my go-to. Like, yes. it pretty much matches with everything. And I see you have your black leather motorcycle jacket today. Who makes that? Acne. So I have it in Acne. I have uh, Eero. Mm-hmm. And then LTHJKT leather jacket without the vowels, which That's we, great. <laughs> <laughs> we recently learned about them. That's great. We love them. So And they have great quality and great price point because they own the factory. So leather jacket, my style aesthetic versus mom's is very tailored, minimal. She kind of sticks with that. I like to do everything. Over the top. Yeah. So I can be very feminine and girly and feathers and all of that. And then one day I can be rocker chic or I mean, who knows what it is. So have fun with it. Right. And then the leather jacket, like today I'm wearing a florally dress, but I have the leather Leather jacket. jacket So it kind of toughens it up a little bit. Femininity with a bite. That's right. So boss babe with a bite. Yeah. Both of those pieces (laughs) are just power pieces. Yeah. I like that power pieces. Okay, so I'm switching it up a little bit. Name two of your most essential products in your beauty cabinet. How, just two? My God. I know, right? <laughs> Don't ask me. Horrifying. I know. I will well, give you two pages. I, yeah, right? Because <laughs> I started on the beauty buying team at Barney's. Yes, And you did. I am a beauty junkie. I literally have cabinets yes. full of beauty products. Yes. And, and my stepdad, I mean, it used to be food. Right. It used to be food oh pantry, God. and now... Who needs to eat when right, you've got right. beauty yeah. Now it's filled with, with <laughs> That's hilarious. shells, and everyone, That's you know, hilarious. how can you have this many you products? You replace food with beauty products. I love you. I think you win the award for that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Great. So, okay, if I have to narrow it down... To yeah, you're going to have to narrow it down, sister. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, well, I really like the Chantecaille rose water. Okay. And that is a frivolous item, let me tell you, because it's not essential. But <laughs> it is so refreshing. Okay. And mists in general, yes. I, you know, have a, a bunch because yes. y- when you're on the beauty buying team, people send you things. You yes, have to do. try it. You have to try everything. In order to bring it in. So I either have leftovers or now with the style that binds us, people yes. still send us things. So all throughout, especially at Barney's, yes. when it would get stressful or even if it wasn't stressful, I'm just missing, missing. myself during the day. <laughs> and then you take a deep breath yes. and it's this like calm, quiet moment. So and it's self-care. It's aromatherapy. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And my colleagues would be like, oh, there she is misting again. Because <laughs> like, they could hear it. That's but great. So that. Okay. And then, oh, I, I really do like the rose quartz oh, facial. Roller. Yeah. Because... It ah. really defines my Do you my put yours in the refrigerator or freezer? Freezer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I and then too. I do it for five minutes yeah. in the and morning. And it's relaxing, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And also, for some reason, I don't know why, but my eyelids are always puffy when I wake up. So hopefully just, it helps. Yeah, roll it out. Get it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So of all of the products in your beauty cabinet, which one would you not leave the house without? Abs, if you forgot it. You'd, you'd have to say to yourself, oh, no, I have to go back and get it. So what would that one product be? <laughs> I would 
have a hard time answering this question. I know. I think I know what mine is. Yeah, yeah I think it would have to be lip. Lip yeah. gloss, yeah. moisturizing. Say, lip lip yeah. Gloss. yeah. It makes me crazy if my lips yeah. are dry. Yeah. And also, I mean, I just brightens up your face when you have a color yeah. on your lip. So I, yeah. I would agree. Mine would be a, a lip gloss. Probably nude or clear, but definitely a lip something. You go, bah. right. Yes. Okay, last two the questions. Glossy. This is the fast five. So I'm going to give you a couple of options, five sets of two options, and you just say immediately what comes to mind. Don't even think about it if you can. So the first one, mini or maxi? Mini. Mascara or lipstick? Lipstick. Writer or editor? Editor. Podcast or social media? Podcast. Subway or walking? Subway. <laughs> so New York. And your, the last question for you, Miss Fabulous Delia Folk. What are your top five recommendations for living a beautiful and fashionable life? Oh, my goodness. Well, I think it begins with a smile. Yes, I love that. Yeah. So I'm write these down. Smile. Smile. So when you walk in a room... You set the mood yes. and the tone for the interaction you're going to have. So I think a, the world is so harsh. Life is hard. And a smile, laughing, whatever. If you can inject humor into any and everything that you do, I think that it makes it more lighthearted. It makes yes. people feel comfortable and, and you're kind of just more at ease. Yes. So, and you help others to be at ease when you smile. Right. Okay. So I think smiling and also trying to remember to be kind. Wow. It's very easy, and I struggle with this, of course, to just kind of be in your lane. You're focusing on everything, and and you just want to get it done. It's kind of like me, you know, rushing down the streets of New York. And yeah. you just need to pay attention to other people and, and take a step back and remember that there are other people, too. I mean... <laughs> So anyway, so so that's one thing is being truly kind and okay. thinking of people as humans instead of if you're sending out all these emails or texts or whatever, it can get very depersonalized and yeah. and non non-human. You know, like even when you're dealing with an operator or something like mm. they just work there just because you're having this stressful issue. Right. We do need to to keep that in mind. Okay, okay. number three. What's your number three? Try and surround yourself with family and friends and people that support yes. you. I think that I, if I cannot have people in my life that don't build me up, yes. because being an entrepreneur is too hard, I can't deal with that energy. Mm-hmm. It stresses me out, and I don't need any extra stress. Okay. So, so I think that is very important. And also, like whatever industry you're in, it's important to surround yourself with great people in that industry, but also it's outside. a great idea outside so that you can, whenever I'm with people in other industries, yes. I'm always like, tell me what's <laughs> happening in like whatever. And they're yeah. like, what? Okay, people do not like to talk about work. <laughs> Which makes, I'm just like, what? Come on. They're like, no, no, we're not at work. So yeah. we're going to talk about other things. I'm like, yes. I'm sorry, but I really need to understand what's <laughs> yeah. going on in X industry. Okay. I okay. Like that. Are we on four? Yes, you're number four. How to live a stylish, okay, stylish, what, fashionable, beautiful life. What about working out? Yes. Not, not just to be thin. I think that it it has those endorphins and and you sweat and you're 
I take exercise classes. So I'm surrounded by other people, yes. my fellow New York City Manhattanites. Yeah. And the music is pounding and it, it's just nice to sweat it out and yeah. start the Communal day that sweat. way. Communal sweat. Yeah. <laughs> Community sweat. Right? Bring it. <laughs> okay. I like that. Working out, exercising. It's, it's good for your life. It's good for the brain. It's good for the heart. It's good for everything. It's good for the world. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Because maybe it just helps take the stress off and, t- you know, just takes the edge off and that way you can be nicer and be kind, as you mentioned, to other people. Right. And what is your number five for living a beautiful, fashionable, healthy, fabulous, stylish life? Well, coming from the South, you kill more flies with honey, Ah. which is extremely, can be very hard, especially for me, because I don't, like, I am so real. I don't like to be fake in any way. But you just kind of have to think of it as, like, acting and it will go so much more in your favor than if you just you know let them have it or (laughs) ruin the relationship or whatever right it's it is probably mostly always better to just be nice and you can maybe just let the relationship go or or whatever it is but you really do kill more flies with honey. And if people like you, they're yeah. going to want to do things for you versus yeah. if you're really mean to them and always micromanaging them or whatever it may be, yeah. then they're going to be like not as quick to answer your call yes. or respond to your text or or whatever. But if yeah. they're like, oh, oh, she just texted me. And oh my gosh, I have to do this right now. Right. Because like she's always so sweet to me and she does... I like that. Yeah. So I wonder if if, um, I do like that. You kill more flies with honey. And maybe another way of saying that is that, you know, just let go. Oh, gosh. I know. Maybe it's just the task is not that deep or it's not so critical to do it now. So just let go and it will get done, of course, on time. And okay. That's something that I really have to work on. Yeah. So (laughs) flies really die in honey? I mean, I guess that's, yeah. If they get stuck in honey, okay. I'm I'm not going to think about that too much because then it's going to really warp my brain. I mean, I would probably drown if I was (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Thank you, Delia, folks, so very much for your time and your energy here on the Forever Fab podcast today. I appreciate your presence and your expertise. Everyone, you've been listening to my interview with Delia Folk of The Style That Binds Us. Thank you, Delia. And for more fashion tips and an insider's guide to fashion, beauty, and the business of fashion, visit thestylethatbindsus.com for the blog, the podcast episodes, and so much more. Delia, cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. (laughs) And thank you, everyone, for tuning into this week's episode of the Forever Fab podcast. As always, stay beautiful and fabulous inside and out. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty, curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD. Live beautifully and help make the world a more beautiful place.